Welcome back to Rise of the Rule Lords. It's me, your extraterrestrial and intergalactic rule lord. And I am very excited to talk about today's subject, which is Starfinder 2nd Edition. I don't know. We'll see what the uh, actual name ends up being. But as many of you know, uh, at the 2023 Gen Con, Paizo announced that they are doing a playtest for a Pathfinder 2nd Edition compatible version of Starfinder. And today I am super lucky to have two of the Paizo peeps who are going to be working on this exciting project. First off, Thurston Hillman, Managing Creative Director for Starfinder. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for having uh, us on the show. And Dustin Knight, one of the Starfinder developers. How are you? I'm doing fine. Stoked to be here. So this is an incredibly exciting announcement. My first question is like how long has this been in the making and how are you able to keep such a spectacular secret secret for so long <laughs> it would be hard talk of a new edition has been going on for the better part of like two years internally right like we've been bouncing it around talking about it you know we'll see like when do we fit it in like what's a playtest cycle look like all of those sorts of things so that's that's been always a, a topic of discussion for you know a while at paizo offices but certain events back in january maybe necessitated some reprioritization on our part and some small adjustments to what our company was doing and that maybe accelerated some plans that we had and so you know i i would say since around that time things became much more real and much more like mm, we're biting our tongues but i i you know dustin certainly has an interesting perspective based on when he was hired in fact <laughs> uh, to come work at paizo with yeah us. when i was being interviewed for my job back in november you know i had absolutely no inkling of a starfinder second edition and when i was asked what book would you be most excited to work on i went to be perfectly honest i would be absolutely thrilled to be able to work on a new core rule book but i know that probably won't happen for a while but that would be my honest answer i didn't expect to be able to work on this so quickly so soon into my career two months after being <laughs> hired surprise yeah that is an amazing turn of events i'm glad that you're gonna be part of this new exciting edition and i guess real quick what are we calling it is it just starfinder is it starfinder second edition is it starfinder remaster Star Starfinder 2nd Edition. Starfinder 2nd Edition. All right. Love it. For those of my listeners who perhaps are only Pathfinder focused, give us a quick rundown of what Starfinder is. I, I've often described it as Pathfinder in space, but it's actually quite different right now. Currently, it's a bit different. Yeah. And I, I like let's boil things down. Like in a lot of ways, Starfinder is Pathfinder in space. And it's not a it's not a bad thing to say that everybody because, you know, it has roots in that. I mean, the the setting of Starfinder is in Galarian, well, not Galarian, but like the Pathfinder setting's future, right? Like What's left in, of Galarian? Yeah, well, the Galarian star system. We don't know where Galarian is, right? So for people, I always describe it as a you know science fantasy setting. We are a setting that has technology and magic coexisting together, cats and dogs. But everything is is maddening and crazy in the future. But but honestly, it's a it's a setting that 
that brings a lot of those science fiction tropes while also keeping elements of fantasy and taking those, you know, a lot of things, not all of the things, but a lot of the things that, you know, we know from Pathfinder into into a different setting. For the longest time, you know, like, well, for, for, for since its inception, it was a derivative and uh, like follow up a spiritual successor of the sort of Pathfinder first edition rule set, which was a spiritual successor derivative of the 3.5 rule set. Uh, so Starfinder first edition was really like almost a next step. A lot of people who played Pathfinder second edition certainly have noticed little bits and bobs that maybe, you know, informed Pathfinder 2E's d- design philosophy. And so, you know, st- Starfinder was kind of that step before. And we've been going on for, you know, coming up, I think, six years now. We've been, you know, doing Starfinder. I've been there since since the beginning of it as a staff member. And it's, you know, it's grown into its own bespoke setting with, you know, all manner of like planets and aliens and creatures and threats and adventures. For those of you who like play Pathfinder 2E, it's got a lot of that just in a different rules. <laughs> and I have been super interested in the lore. You guys have done a, a great job where Pathfinder is on one planet, sometimes two, depending on the adventure path you're playing. This is several. It's an entire solar system. You guys have a whole thing about like how they travel between worlds. And that's all fantastic. But we're here to focus a little bit more on the rules changes. So you've already said that this is going to be Pathfinder 2E compatible, which means the three action economy that we all love, hero points that we all love. But there's going to have to be some changes, some pretty significant changes between what Starfinder is now and what it will end up being for Starfinder 2nd Edition. So what is going to change from the OGL version of Starfinder to what I'm assuming will be the Orc version of Starfinder? What is going to be taken out or changed that people can expect to see? So there's a lot of things that we could go into here. That's a broad question. So I'm going to going to boil it down. Also, for you know listeners who maybe aren't aware, yeah, the OGL situation happened. The Orc license is the new license that Paizo's pushing forward with, as well as several other companies. And under that Orc license, you know, Pathfinder 2nd Edition with the remaster, starting with Rage of Elements that we just released, has switched over to that license. Certainly as part of Starfinder 2nd Edition, we are going to be under that license, which does necessitate some changes. You know, I, there's 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 a weird shift between what's happening in Pathfinder's side of the, the house and our side of the house with this transition. Yeah. On the Pathfinder side of the house, well, with that 2nd Edition engine, that engine is almost entirely a bespoke engine. There's a couple of terms and things that have been carried forward, but generally PF2 is like its own engine. There's there's maybe some, <laughs> you know, names of spells and like conditions and such that need to change, but overall it's fairly minor and a lot of that's being worked into uh, the, the remaster project. Yay, awesome. Yeah. Their problem right now, and I say that as a problem in quotation marks, I believe it's a crisitunity. <laughs> Their crisitunity is that there's a lot of like OGL narrative elements that really inform a lot of what Galarian is. Yeah. And so a lot of that has to be looked at and adjusted. With Starfinder, we actually have the opposite problem in that a lot of our stuff is a derivative of like that 3.5 going back from Pathfinder first edition and then into the 3.5 era. So a lot of that is covered under the OGL. So mechanically, we have a lot of changes we need to make. Narratively, I mean, like we put a fresh coat of paint on the drow of Aposte and there's honestly not much else that needs to change in our setting because <laughs> it's pretty, you know, it, it it's pretty unique and and already, yeah. you know, its own its own entity. There are certainly other things and I'm not meaning to gloss over. Don't come at me with pitchforks. Yes, there's stuff that will have to change. But on the whole, our big focus is 
is actually more on the rules. And that's why, you know, that was part of the impetus of us picking up Pathfinder 2E's engine. And like one thing I, I need to like pull out like a mallet and just like hit this proud nail in before more people jump down my throats about it. When we say it's Pathfinder 2E compatible, that's a terminology that is Pathfinder 2E is an engine. We're looking at it as an engine. We're not saying that Starfinder is like a, this is going to click in and is an expansion for Pathfinder. No, Starfinder is going to be its own game. It's just we don't like we don't call the Pathfinder 2E rules right now. The the Paizo Universal Engine. I mean, maybe in the future we look at something like that. But right now, people just understand the Pathfinder 2E rules are, hey, that's the Pathfinder 2E rules. So when we talk about like plugging into it, that's how we do it. Dustin, did you have any thoughts on that and sort of what we might have to? If you're worried about it, just think of Pathfinder 2E as a beta test for Starfinder 2. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is going to be its own thing. There's going to be elements that we recognize for sure. So then as far as that cross compatibility that people are really excited about who want to take, you know, their Pathfinder characters into space or somehow bring their Starfinder characters into the past. Uh, what kind of challenges do you see with implementing that? And is this going to be one of those situations where, you know, you got my chocolate in my peanut butter and is it going to be like a mess or is it going to be a delicious Reese's cup, which incidentally I found out isn't made with peanut butter, but brown sugar. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I I will, I will, I will hop in initially here and just say that I think, you know, the peanut butter and the chocolate mix can be as much as, you know, the user intended. Right. We, in fact, did a playtest pretty recently where we brought in a Pathfinder 2E gunslinger to see how they worked alongside an operative because we want to do that. And when we talk about cross compatibility, there's a couple key points to, to keep in mind with this. The first point of cross compatibility is that we want these game systems to be mechanic compatible. That doesn't necessarily mean the games are balanced against each other. And when I talk about balance, I'm going to refer to something I call the meta state of these games. Um, we're going to make sure numerically. Numerically, these games play in the same ballpark. If you grab a monster from like Bestiary 3 and drop it into a Starfinder game, that's gonna work. If you want to take a poppet with the Red Mantis archetype that's coming in with like, what what else do we want to give them, Dustin? Um, Solarian base class. Yeah, Solarian poppet Red Mantis who comes in and, you know, plays the game. That's gonna work. Now, is that gonna work like as intended and the GM might have to like figure out a few things? You know, that that's probably going to be part of it. Like, again, a good example of this is going to be pulling a Starfinder soldier into like a game of Pathfinder. Well, yeah. you better hope that that soldier has access to a lot of area of effect guns that currently don't exist in Pathfinder because that's <laughs> a basis of the class, right? And, and so as, as we're looking at compatibility, that there is that like state of, hey, yeah, you're going to have the ability to pull this stuff in. We're not necessarily going to do that on our end. We want Pathfinder and Starfinder to be distinct brands. Now, sure. that gives us the potential of doing some fun crossovers. I have already been very excited excited at the possibility of us doing like a, you know, here's an update to a bunch of Pathfinder stuff that brings it like more in line with Starfinder. Like here's four pages of fighter feats that now tag fighters into how we're doing guns and stuff. That That is an interesting approach we could take in the future. But, you know, to start, these are going to be distinct games and mixing the peanut butter and the chocolate is going to be up to the respective game master and what their sanity can take at the table, right? Like you're going to have to figure <laughs> that out with your respective groups. Right. But when we're when we're talking about these games, it goes back to that meta state. These games are going to exist in same rules, but the states that they play in are different. A great example of this, and we did a blog post yesterday. Um, I that read talked, that. Yeah, it talks about our playtesting. And one of the things in our playtesting that's, you know, has a lot of people like proverbially clutching pearls and 
some communities <laughs> is, you know, oh, but there isn't a dedicated melee character. They're all using guns. And I'm like, yes, because, you know, guns are actually a pretty important thing in a futuristic setting. Yeah. And so we're we're sort of focusing a bit more on that style of play. Like Pathfinder people are like, what? Like you, you fire range once or maybe you have one class that's got a bow and is pretty cool. But that's a different meta state. The games are still exactly like same engine, same everything. It's just those meta states. Yeah. And really, there's nothing stopping a Pathfinder player from having a party of gunslinger, rangers, distance spellcasters yeah. so that they can you know have a distance fight. That brings me to my next question, which is these are going to be distinct, as you've mm-hmm. said a couple times. So what kind of mechanics can we expect to see that will be different? Reading the blog post from yesterday, it looks like you are already fiddling around with a couple of new concepts. One that intrigued me was the 30 foot distance mechanic. <laughs> oh, the one square equals 30 feet. All right. Yeah. That was that was a joke. And I want to oh, I want to okay. stress this. I am actually responsible for the organized play scenario that includes a map that is one square equals 30 feet. I, I took a bit of flack for it. But that being said, when I say it was a little cute joke in the blog, it's actually something that you realistically could and should do in Starfinder games. Because how often have you had a sniper character in Starfinder 1E as, as an example who can't do anything because mm-hmm. they're like, wow, I'm sure as effective if I not taken this sniper rifle because everything's within 20 or 30 feet of me. And that's, you know, there's some byproducts here. A lot of people play on gaming tables like they use our flip maps. Organized mm-hmm. play especially uses our flip maps. So like, oh, wow, this this combat is like more than 60 feet apart. That's a big deal. When we were doing that play test you referred to, we had effectively two fights going on, one between the party and a bunch of up close people shooting at each other. And then the operative sniper shooting 200 plus feet away in an exchange volley with another sniper. And to answer both your questions kind of at the same time, one thing that really excites me about the Starfighter 2nd Edition is that GMs are going to have an entire shelf full of bestiaries and, and monsters and variant rules that they could plug in very easily from Pathfinder 2. But it will require some minor adjustments that we're finding are so easy to make. You could practically make them on the fly. Stuff like, you know, this vampire cultist has a laser rifle. Okay. Instead of a longsword. Great. Cool. That works. That vampire cultist dominated my character in a playtest and turned me against the party. We got to see how in a playtest, how what happens when one of the players turns against the other. Surprisingly oh, no. effective. <laughs> so one of the big parts about Starfinder First Edition is you do have those very unique classes. They aren't just fighter technologically changed or or uh, a wizard with biotics added to it. I mean, in some ways they are, but like you have different classes like the Operative and the Technomancer. And there have sometimes been some complaints about balance between those classes. So what lessons have you learned from this original version of Starfinder and the class design of Pathfinder 2 classes that you're going to try to implement into the playtest versions? Well, obviously, the operative was totally balanced in first edition. Obviously. (laughs) 
Okay, Dustin, you have a series. Oh, I was just going to say, we are, we are uh, extremely grateful for the uh, extraordinarily well-tuned foundation of Path- the Pathfinder 2 system that we are able to build these classes on. There are uh, some foundational rules, guidelines, guidelines, that we can operate to des- design and develop and play these classes in a way that let us focus on the cool things they could do without having to worry so much about, well, what if they multi-class these two classes together and take these feats that have all these different added static bonuses and some of those other minor fiddly problems that you might see in the earlier edition of our game. Starfinder first edition is a great game. We all love it. I mean, so many people on the team have worked on it and devoted, you know, large portions of their lives. I've been with the game since it started. I adore it. I've run campaigns of it. It has problems. And I'm not saying Pathfinder second edition doesn't have problems. It does too. But, you know, as an example, I ran a, I ran a group of mine for, for a show I'm on. I ran us through a Starfinder first edition little test thing and they they had come on about a year and a half ago into pathfinder second edition and when we started pathfinder 2e there were a lot of like they come from a very narrative background like you know like very narrative role-playing games and they were kind of like concerned about some of the hamstringing of like you know certain things like skill feats and whatnot and then they kind of realized oh i get how this 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 works in play now and they've come they've come around and we've been having a blast with the system but we went and did starfinder first edition and a lot of them there were certain tech like elements of rules tech that you don't even realize exist in modern games that don't that didn't exist back in back in starfinder 1e like a good example was i had a spellcaster who's like ah, i'm gonna cast like jolting grasp and i'm a little gray alien who has a strength of six <laughs> and he's like why am i taking like a minus whatever penalty i'm like oh because like it's a melee attack it's strength based it's like i don't get a class attack roll like what like and these are all mm. things we we kind of take for granted in some of that newer tech another good example and you'll hear it brought up a lot is like just the simplicity of explaining three action economy to people it's Mm -hmm. you know that's that's a hallmark of pf2 and it it is a hallmark because it makes the game really easy to explain and grok to someone as opposed to like okay you get a standard and then a move and then a swift and then you know a free action on tuesdays like that that all works and it's still fine and again we all love the rules but it's you know there there are these these elements that make the game more approachable as we kind of move into it right now and like i'm really excited i i think a lot of the detractors i've seen from you know us switching to to an engine and people who have concerned a lot of their concerns are things that starfinder is a game that's different from pathfinder in that meta state is just going to resolve like one thing i keep hearing and i'm sure dustin will just have flashbacks of the well you're going to do two actions and then have nothing to do with your third action that is not a problem in our game <laughs> no 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 that sounds really exciting and one of the things that i'm really excited for is starfinder has all of these amazing ancestries or i guess maybe the term is species for for starfinder but regardless you guys have all these incredibly unique species that i would have loved to play in pathfinder second edition and now i might be able to play it in both but there's a lot of them so how are you going to be handling that for species that are unique to Starfinder and the ancestries that are already available in Pathfinder Second Edition. Like I know the uh, Yosoki are one that you know were very prominent in Starfinder that now already exist in Pathfinder. There are lots of great ideas that we've already seen being developed for existing ancestries that are in Pathfinder and in Starfinder. You know, there's technology between technology being in space or just 
having the extra room to write more stuff, you know, that we are not at all at a dearth for additional fun ideas for your favorite ancestry that might still have existed back during Pathfinder 2E. And our new ancestries, frankly, are uh, the ones from, and our ancestries that we're converting over from from Starfinder 1st Edition, we're finding uh, all sorts of new, wild, impressive, astoundingly cool ways to uh, manifest those abilities uh, mechanically that didn't exist at all. We just didn't have the the room for it in such a small, narrow stat block uh, that you get for species back in Starfinder 1E uh, that we can now expand upon with all these cool ancestry feats in 2E. Yeah, I would I would just to add on a few things. Like, you know, you mentioned like Yasoki and Ratfolk. Certainly, you know, when we're doing the, the Starfinder write-up for Yasoki and Ratfolk, there's some new stuff in there. There are like new heritages, new, new feats that are obviously more, you know, useful in a science fantasy setting than maybe like, oh, wow, I'm a Yosoki with the sewer rat heritage. Well, that isn't quite as appropriate in our game, right? But going back to to the comments I've made about the, the meta state of the game, one, one place you're going to see a big difference, and this wasn't even a debate internally, like this was yep, we're doing that, is in Starfinder, it's a lot easier to fly. There's a lot of easier access to flying. And mm. so when we look at Ancestries and say Pathfinder 2nd Edition, a lot of those have some like really strong gating because flight is a very, you know, very powerful mechanical ability in Pathfinder First Edition. Yeah. In in Starfinder, we solve that problem through the meta, not through a, not through like any big rules change, but through the meta state of the game, because everyone has a gun or is assumed to have a gun. So flight, while still useful, still very powerful, doesn't actively change the combat state like in a PF1 game where your first level, you know, group comes around with like, oh, here's the flying Strix who's shooting arrows at you. And while I can't give any specifics, you're going to see a lot more things that would have been gated for higher levels in Ancestries simply because of the existence of biotechs and augmentations. You know, when you could throw credits to get what used to be an Ancestry feat, that makes those Ancestry feats have to level up and uh, in order to compete. Yeah, and and certainly, you know, like a lot of the old Ancestry feats will still will still work, but that gives us some space where we might go in and again, do that, do that mystical book we might want to do of like, hey, here's two pages of elf feats here's two pages of dwarf feats that maybe have some more tech focus we've talked about you know there'll be ancestries in our game that will just innately fly that won't be a feat that will just be they innately fly and that's what they do and and as far as one concern i've seen a bit floating around is the concern of like well yeah but you know i want 200 species like that it was so easy like a a species in starfinder was like a, a quarter column in some cases and what that really led to was um um, a dark game of math that our players would play and figure out what the <laughs> optimal species choice was. And before you come at me for, you know, oh, but my narrative, we also have a lot of data we can pull from different tools. We have some really nice licensees and just friends of our company who, you know, maybe make character builders and stuff and are nice enough to give us some of that data so we can go, yes, I see you're all playing SROs because of the flavor, not because they ignore, you know, 90% of debilitating options in, in Starfinder. And, and like mechanically, we want to make sure that when we're presenting an ancestry, that there are cool mechanical reasons that you're going into that ancestry. But it's not just like that initial, okay, this is the best thing. I'm going to take it. Never have to think about it again. Like I want someone to go into an ancestry and go, oh, there's some really cool options. And as my character evolves, like one thing we couldn't do in you know first edition is we have like Sheeran and they have like communalism and these cool innate abilities. But then we'd have to like come up with alternate things like, oh, you're a Sheeran, but you don't act 
actually like have communalism or you don't actually have like some of these bespoke things. And in order to get that, like now you can maybe get access to, you know, I don't know, like profession cooking is like a special ability, right? Like those were the type of choices. And, and now it lets us do some really unique things like, oh, do you want to build your shearing to have wings? Because, you know, winged insects is a thing. Cool. Now we can do that and put that. So yes, you brought up that there is going to be new technology inherent to some ancestries, and that's going to change the playing field pretty significantly. One of the questions that I got on Blue Sky from your old pal Vanessa Hoskins was, how are you going to handle the rune-based weapon improvement system that Pathfinder has, where in first edition Starfinder, you had more of the JRPG style, where like you find a cool, better weapon, you drop the old one, you take up the new one that does more damage, more firepower. So I know that there's going to be a play test for all of these mechanics and you don't have every anything 100% set in stone. But is there going to be like a, a system for gun improvement similar to the rune system? Are you going to possibly use the rune system? What might that look like as people are getting cooler and more futuristic equipment? One of my goals with designing weapons in this system was to make sure that you could either play someone who can, if they want, buy the new upgraded gun, carry around 75 guns, however you want to do that, or play someone who has grandma's lucky azimuth laser pistol, and you're going to use it all the way from level 1 to 20. There will be ways to upgrade. We have, I believe in the field test, we have the chart there showing that as you upgrade, you know, you'll get that, that tracking bonus, and the damage will go up. In addition, there are upgrade slots on our weapons, which you can use to upgrade your weapon with technological or even magitech improvements. How we're presenting weapons in Starfinder is going to be different. The assumption is, is that if it's a technological or or analog, analog being like, this isn't something that has like a computer in it, but it's something that was made using like futuristic practices, like, like a, a monomolecular blade or something like that, right? Gotcha. Those type of weapons don't get runes on intention. And instead, what we do with those weapons is we have a, a scaling system based on item level. You'll note they roughly equate to when you get your your two potency runes so like oh suddenly like you know my my commercial laser pistol is hey flatline version of the weapon item level zero. Oh, my tactical version is a second level item and it gets a plus one to hit oh my advanced version suddenly the damage dice has gone up and we have essentially seven different versions of every gun that we put up. that gives us the ability to do that sort of swap in swap out like have different units equipped with different different guns yay but it also lets us do some fun design elements, which we hope to go into where we can like, oh, you know, between levels two and level four, let's put in a third level gun. It's got a plus one bonus. And you know what? Like this gun might have an extra trade on it or, oh, this gun doesn't have the tracking bonus, but sure does an extra damage. Die. Like it lets us explore some interesting spaces with making these weapons unique. Now, those upgrade slots that Dustin referred to that. That's going to be like your non-fundamental rune equivalents. That's going to be where we can mm -hmm. put on some like fusions or even some like more mundane weapon upgrades, you know, that still have a big impact in our game, like a futuristic scope or whatnot. Um, gotcha. And, you know, our intent is, is that because of that sort of tiered scaling system, right? Unless you're buying some really outlandish gun, which should be unique and on its own and not really like upgradable in a traditional sense. If you buy a commercial laser pistol, well, we have a scaling system built into the game that can tell you like, oh yeah, okay, I want to upgrade Granny's commercial laser pistol
missile to a tactical, <laughs> here's how much it'll cost. I can use a crafting skill or whatnot just to get that upgrade happening in my downs. One of the things that I think a lot of people are really anticipating seeing and I hate to bring up the elephant in the room, but is Starfinder Starcraft combat. It is something that I've consistently seen complaints about, and I think that there's a lot of hope that it's going to be reworked, that it's more exciting, incorporates people, incorporates the player choices a little bit more, so... Is there any clues that you can give us to how Starship Combat will be reworked? Like, will it use the Pathfinder vehicle rules? Is it going to be something unique? Is it being dropped? Starfinder is a game that requires Starship Combat. Mm -hmm. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. However, that might not be in the player core. That might be something that is not in the initial slate of, you know, the, the rules release that we have. And that's important because, and I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this, and I think everyone agrees, we want to have the time to do that system right that has to be a system we get right so you know we don't have a lot to say about starship combat right now because we're getting the primary chassis of the game what we don't want starship combat to be in second edition is a add-on or a side event that takes people out of their characters and what they're doing and how the game flows so we want to make sure we get the core of the game the classes the the gameplay loop all of that locked in which you know admittedly is a bit easier this time because we have a core engine that already exists that we're you know taking a lot from but we need to make sure we get those classes, their roles, how they play, feeling good, because that will inform what we want to do with Starship Combat. I will say, you know, from talking to our team, and we all feel very passionately about this, is, you know, playing a soldier in a starship should feel different than playing a Technomancer in a starship. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be restricted to just the person who has the best piloting check should always be the pilot. There there should be some, some give and take, and we're looking into that system, but it's very early, and we aren't really talking talking too much about about it beyond that right gotcha but it's something you guys are looking into and i really appreciate that because i like probably many others we want to have that millennium falcon moment in space oh, absolutely. exactly that that'd be incredible i want to give you guys the space to be able to make that i hope everyone else will too because i know you guys will uh knock it out of the park for that That's the plan <laughs> <laughs> But right now we're going to concentrate on the core of Starfinder, which is the characters. So you're going to be doing a playtest next year, right? And wanted to see what kind of stuff could we expect to see from that? Are there any classes that you can talk about? Ancestries, the format, like one thing that was pretty popular from the Pathfinder 2E playtest was there was that gauntlet level where it was just you at the world wound and it was just way wave after wave of demon just to see how long can these characters last with with this so what kind of stuff might might we be able to expect from the playtest when we finally get that in our hands well the playtest book is going to launch summer of 2024 so we're still like almost a year out from that right yeah so it's it's a it's a it's a ways off we haven't quite expressed you know exactly like all the elements that are going to be as part of that but you know it's safe to say we are you know we're paizo we do adventures we love adventures so there's going to be some adventuring components whether or not those adventures are like a grueling like all right let's see how you do against like waves of for playtest data we might not need as much of that because you know that that's important for when you're designing a core engine of the game right mm -hmm. like to make sure the math and everything works well using that that pathfinder 2e engine we know the math like we we know the core math of the system we can design monsters what we're going to be most interested in is like working the kinks out of the classes and making sure that they're fun to play 
play in a game environment. We want to make sure that, you know, if we're presenting our adventure paths, which, you know, Paizo is well known for and our, you know, adventure content, it doesn't make sense for us to provide something that's like way more mechanically focused in a in a playtest like that than playtesting how it'll actually feel when we release the content. Now, that means if we do adventures, we're probably going to have some lovely sidebars and talk about things to keep in mind and all of that. But if we're going to do like the grueling gauntlet and have everything be like testing very specific parts, I don't know if we'll go that direction this time just because we won't necessarily need to in some of those like more longer term adventures. I think a lot of groups to get their players actively interested in a playtest and testing out the system, they want a like a 64 page module, like a Plague Stone-esque thing that they can play for like two to four sessions, have a good time with their friends. Not as bloody as Plague Stone. Yeah, well, you know, trust me, we actually had meeting on adventure design today. It's very, very fun and fortuitous you talked about. (laughs) But but having that type of engagement, I think, is also better for people to get groups interested in trying it out than say, hey, guys, here's this like adventure we're going to do that is like a brutal gauntlet, which, again, for PF1 made or for PF2 made sense because that was a whole new rules engine that no one had ever tried and they were, you know, seeing how things work. We, We know the math in this system works. It's working within the math, which we are. There are elements, certainly, where we are breaking the math, like soldiers doing AOE damage is like, oh, gosh. But th- those those are elements we, we can test in a more refined And way. the fact that we have these field tests already is going to give us some extraordinary uh, leap forward in our playtest as we will get people's initial reactions to our classes and other elements a little bit out of the way. And then we could really delve into, okay, but are these fun? Are these options good? What do you think of these? Uh, and you could find those at starfinderplaytest.com. Excellent plug. One thing that some people are anticipating is that there might be either changes to the kinds of actions that we already know about or maybe unique mechanics. Is there going to be a lot of that kind of stuff where, you know, the disarm for Starfinder might be different than the disarm for Pathfinder? Because like you said, you're going to be playing with shooty shooty guns rather than someone getting up close with an axe. Yeah, so I have heard the discussions revolving around how much less effective disarm may be in the second edition of the game compared to the first edition. And I believe that we will probably be sticking to the second edition version, Pathfinder second edition version of disarm and need to because frankly weapons are even more critical in this game for the NPCs than in, I'd argue, than in Pathfinder first edition. You know, if you disarmed a soldier's, an Aeon soldier's laser rifle, the GM could try to go on the fly and be like, I guess on arm strike, but it's it's it could very easily take them out of the combat until they can get their weapon back. So we have to be very careful uh, with options like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that isn't to say we wouldn't think in the future of some I don't know off the top of my head magnetic shark that could draw everybody's weapons toward it if they fail a save or something. Like there's there's always room for things like that, but but the base core action is probably going to stay the same. I think one thing the second edition like Pathfinder engine is really proven is like you know what the game kind of exists in a really good state when there's far less saver suck abilities like i i think disarm is a good example of like wow you're fighting the big bad and cool you 
get the disarm off and hooray the fight's over because like in especially in those like first edition era games you could have the math so ridiculously skewed that it's like well on a five i remove the opponent's gun good game combat i remember having monks in old campaigns where it's like well guess after 10th level every enemy has a ring of freedom because it's the only way combat will be interesting otherwise grapple down and like hyperbolic don't worry like yes it's one person there's a lot of like specialty (laughs) little bits in there but we also want to make sure that the game is is you know engaging like we shouldn't have a combat that feels like you're just like running through the pace of there there should be danger in those combats there should be you know like great great moments where like oh crap we actually got the critical success disarm being a good example of this like you only mm-hmm. in, in pathfinder 2e you only really take the weapon off someone if you critically succeed and that is that is a feat to accomplish um but you know degrees of success which is another huge rules thing I think right now, if I've seen anything on my Twitter or Twitter and Blue Sky, honestly, feeds, it's been Baldur's Gate 3. A lot of Pathfinder (laughs) players are like, what I wouldn't give for a degrees of success mod in this game because, wow, the DC (laughs) is 10 and I rolled the 38 because I rolled a 19, but it's still only just a success. Like, I think people like, you know, I think there's some some varying scaling on that that we can do as well. My last question is one that is going to impact a lot of people in the third party community. This is going to be a new game where people are going to be wondering, like, how can I create cool stuff for this? So there's going to be people wondering, how do you anticipate that this is going to impact the third party market? Is there going to be a similar kind of compatibility license like with Starfinder or with Pathfinder or 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 what? What 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 do you think that's going to look? like i'll i'll briefly touch before i'm gonna hand this over to dustin who is the massive expert on all of these things having come from that sphere i'm just gonna hop in to say i mean you know right now we're switching over to the the orc license paizo is not a company that's going to switch to a license and like say no more third-party content that's not what this is about we are we are a company that is dedicated to that we don't have all the specifics out for that license yet so we can't talk (laughs) about what that would exactly mean but like you can rest assured we want to have an environment where people can create their third party content and get it out there and you know through the infinite programs that we have that again dustin is chomping at the pit to talk about i can see it in his eyes even though this is an (laughs) audio podcast that you know we want people to also build in our worlds there's tons of content i can't wait to put out and i'm a person who can put basically whatever i want in the core game but there's some stuff i'd love to do for third party but dustin yeah take it away please because yeah yeah so i'm fairly active in the pathfinder and starfinder infinite sphere and while I am not an attorney and do not know what the license will look like and what the licensing details of Starfinder <laughs> Second Edition will be for Pathfinder Infinite, and this is just me speculating as any fan at this point, I, I've already had people come to me telling me, like, I can't wait to, you know, convert my stuff over from either Starfinder 1 to, to Path- Starfinder 2 or Pathfinder 2 to Starfinder 2. And we've already had some some really cool products on Pathfinder Infinite that have Starfinder rules and Pathfinder rules in the same PDF. Like, they've been like a new species mm-hmm. and they're like, here's how to play in Starfinder, here's how to play in Pathfinder. So we've already seen interest in, in bridging the gap, so to speak. And frankly, 
frankly, having all those amazing Pathfinder 2E products on Pathfinder Infinite means that you could go right into your Starfinder 2E campaign using a whole lot of that content right off the bat. You could almost say that there's going to be more third-party content available for Starfinder 2 at launch than <laughs> any other game system because you could pick most of this Pathfinder 2E stuff. There's no reason you couldn't play like an, I don't know, an ooze, there's a few ooze people accessories uh, on, on Pathfinder Infinite right now that, that I'm really mm -hmm. fond of that you could easily integrate it into Starfinder. Maybe one or two of the Ancestry feats wouldn't be quite as well because they have to do with, I don't know, blacksmithing or something, but okay, just don't pick those. Pick the other ones. It'll be <laughs> fine. I'm really glad to hear that. I know that there's probably a pretty big sigh of relief because I love my third-party content. I think that the people who are making stuff for the Paizoverse are blowing it out of the water, and I'm glad to see that that is probably going to continue in Starfinder. Well, sounds like definitely going to continue with Starfinder. So I am really excited for the playtest. Tell us, what should the audience know about the upcoming playtest, where they can find information about it, and when to look forward to getting that book in their hands? Starfinderplaytest.com is going to be where you want to go for everything that, you know, that's going to be the hub for everything related to the new edition. So when, when I say Starfinderplaytest.com, 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 it's really because <laughs> that's where we want people to go to get all of their news about the new edition. And it's going to be the hub. You'll already see like, you know, we released our reports from the field playtest. Here's a little spoiler for your show. We've got another one coming out in about just under two weeks time. We're going to have another of our playtests where in that one I'm going to talk about what it was like to have an operative and a gunslinger at the same table together that is all going to live on that page and when we do things like you know more field tests or you know maybe in the future when the team is set up to maybe do a stream we might stream some of the content everything is going to go through that page up to you know the, the release of the playtest and honestly during that playtest process as well yeah that's that's the that is the place to to be looking and and while the team does keep abreast of as many different social media spheres as we can, the forum, which has a link on starfinderplaytest.com, is the easiest way to create quickly discernible, documentable, and memorable feedback for everything that you see about Starfinder. Gotcha. Okay, so go to starfinderplaytest.com for everything to be to find the best resources to give the best feedback to Paizo. I know that we on the our Pathfinder 2E mod team are working on setting up a Starfinder 2E uh, subreddit, which we hope will be as awesome as the 2E one that we currently have. But make sure you go to StarfinderPlaytest.com first for all of those resources. My final question is, does all this technology kind of mean that we're going to get a Numeria book pretty soon? I I know for a fact that James Jacobs, our creative director over on the Pathfinder narrative team, is absolutely chomping at the bit to do Numeria. I think it's a logical <laughs> extension of us having these rules. I think, though, you know, temper some expectations. I think, you know, we want to give both of these rule systems a bit of time to breathe in their own ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Make sure that, you know, like, hey, we get some of the those kinks out of the Starfinder system when they when it comes out. 
you know, through playtest and through final. But, you know, we've talked about 2025 being the release of you know, Starfinder's like final, you know, core books for second edition, right? Or at least the start of that release cycle. You know, 2026, 2027, you know, there's a lot that could happen in those years. It might seem a ways off, but it'll get here real quick. And I'm certainly saying some, some Conan with lasers. I think everyone enjoys that. You heard it here first, folks. Cyborg barbarians are confirmed. Wow, that's fair. I mean, t- that's that's okay. I'll 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 let you do that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been great talking to you guys. I I know that I am personally very excited for this playtest. I am ready to get out into the stars, and I hope that people who are listening to this are just as excited as me. So, before we go, where can people find out more information about you two and projects that you are working on, either personally or for Paizo? Well, you could find the project I am most consumed with at StarfinderPlaytest.com. <laughs> Very good. In addition, you could find me as Kitsune Warlock on Blue Sky Discord, probably every Pathfinder Discord that you could imagine. I'm always trying to add more. My own personal Discord, in, well, not personal. My, you can find me on a Discord I help administrate called Infinite Possibilities for all everything Pathfinder and Starfinder Infinite related at infinite.net. Uh, other than that, you know, hit me up on any other social media source you see and feel free to tell me what you think of what we're doing. Hello. Uh, once again, I'm Thurston Hillman. I am the uh, Managing Creative Director for Starfinder. You can find me on all of the things at On Call GM. That's Blue Sky, the the, 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 the X, Twitter, whatever it is this month. Um, Twitch, <laughs> YouTube, you know, I, I live in places. Um, obviously, you know, StarfinderPlaces.com is, you know, your one-stop shop for everything Starfinder related and my, you know, Paizo stuff is all there, including our forums. But you can also see me over at the Narrative Declaration channel. You can find that on the on the Twitter at narrative declare because they wouldn't let us like put put anything else in there because that's the max character. <laughs> but we do a Pathfinder 2e uh, live play usually every two weeks called Rot Grind, which I GM for. It's in a Dark Souls Z inspired world, and that's a game I GM for. I also just started a Starfinder 1e group over on our Patreon over there, so that's pretty fun because I you know don't get enough of playing games at all ever. <laughs> well, this is just one more thing that is going to siphon off my my wallet because i also can't get enough of games and i am super excited to try to find shelf space for starfinder second edition when it comes out i am super excited for this play test and i am excited to see what you all bring to our tables next until that day and until next session remember don't let the rules rule you in space space, space.